0: One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of the door located in Central Oregon where three completely average guys join forces to make one decent pastor and to discuss, discover and promote all things Bible.
1: And we're live. Hey, good morning. Welcome morning. to One Decent Pastor.
0: We already said that in the <laughs> intro, Chad. I know. Now it's just redundant. Right. <laughs> but, but we're saying it live this time. This The, the intro is
1: Repetition can. is the right. mother of learning. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I, I don't know, do, can we call you a guest anymore since you make such frequent appearances know. with us? Probably not. not. not really like Probably a special guest. I'm like, no, not saying you're not special, but the you're, part of not you're welcome you welcome at that point. <laughs> you're regular enough where you're just not a guest right. anymore.
0: It's the part of Pastor think. David is mm-hmm. now being played by Pastor Jeff. Yeah. So we'll welcome you. Sure,
2: I sure probably should button my top button.
0: So. Yeah. yeah. Get a little slick them in your yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get a flannel. I have to on. get more hair, I think, though. So. <laughs> Pump it up a little <laughs> That's bit. That's right. Though. Yeah. There we uh, go. David is actually at the coast, probably, maybe surfing this morning right now. He might be. Um, but got away with Probably his... a little bit warmer
2: than the last time he was there.
1: Yeah. 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 Last oh. time was
0: in February. February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he did it, it then. It wasn't
1: exactly warm in February on the Oregon yeah. coast. No. No. Well, that we, was a we, big storm coming we back, We woke too, up, there was four it? inches of snow. Yeah. I forgot about that. At the coast. Yeah.
0: Four yeah. inches of snow at Cannon Beach. You shouldn't have that, but I did see on the news that there's an angry little sea otter <laughs> that's attacking <laughs> surfers. And I think it's in California, but wouldn't that be something? It's so like we, we pray, pray for that? that? It's just one more, one more reason not to surf, in my yeah. mind. <laughs> you've got death. You've got dismemberment. You've got, now you've got angry, angry sea otters. Yeah, angry sea otters coming at you. I mean, so, it's not quite to the level of a shark, but still, I'm... It's I still scary enough. A <laughs> seal, a seal could just terrify you if you're <laughs> yes. out there, especially if you're in a wetsuit. They exactly. see you and think well, you're another seals seal. Seals Are pretty big. I don't know. Yeah. Sea otters, I don't think yeah. they're that big. Are they?
2: Just rolls you over. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think I don't so. But I
1: think they're kind of cute, aren't they? <laughs> until, until they start yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> until, until, until they start attacking attack you in yeah. the water. <laughs> the nothing's <laughs> anyway. cute at that point. Hopefully, right. David's having a great time. he seems to enjoy it for some reason.
0: Hopefully, he's not listening right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's not. Well, mm-hmm. Jeff then, what, what's oh go ahead.
0: Oh you're taking off tomorrow to go to Fairbanks, Alaska. I am. You are? Yeah. What
1: are you doing there? Yeah, uh my aunt passed away a few weeks ago oh. and uh, my uncle asked me to come officiate a memorial
0: service. What church is use.
1: it gonna uh it's gonna be at a Missouri Synod Lutheran church.
0: Okay and they're yeah. letting and they're letting him talk. Yeah, wow. which which according I
1: mean, according to some of my Lutheran friends, like they don't do what they call like pulpit fellowship, like to have someone else come in yeah. to preach and they're letting me come in it's to a preach. Big deal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kinda, where kinda we, cool. we lived
2: in Fairbanks for eight years. No, I've
1: never been, so yep. it'll be my first time. And wow. Land of so,
2: the midnight sun. Yeah. You'll be up at 3 a.m., and it'll be like 12 well, p.m. here.
1: Well, in, in my mind, Alaska is always uh, perpetually dark and 70 below, and so I've been texting back and forth with a cousin that lives up there, uh, who I've actually never met, but, you know, just been texting. Anyway, I asked her, and she's like, nah, it's been in the 70s, and, like, bring your sunglasses. It's like, it'll be nice. And, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't so, get dark. So We'll so. see. That'll be awesome. Uh, Anyway, great honor, you know, to
0: get to do that. It's
1: a
2: great place to visit.
1: Yeah.
0: I met a guy that lived there once, and he was just the most bitter person (laughs) I'd ever met. Just, and I'm like, move. Just move, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think you either love it or hate it. Yeah, I've heard that. My uncle's
0: been there for like 40 years or something. He's been there a long time.
2: Yeah. And you got to love it to, you got to endure the winters. Eight years
0: is a long time, so you you must have not hated it.
2: No, we didn't. We love the people, you know, the culture. I mean, it's similar to, we feel like it's similar to Central Oregon, you know, just the culture of people
1: and that, but it's... uh, Yeah. yeah, Well, if you lived out there, so you might know the church, uh, Zion Lutheran Church. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with that? Yep. Yeah, Yeah, just down the road. uh, Pastor Andy, I don't know how long he's been there. Is that
2: Farmer's Loop Road, you know? I'd have to look it up. I don't know. I think, because ours was was Bethel Church, Bethel Baptist Church down on Farmer's Loop.
1: Okay. Well, Pastor Andy seems like a cool guy. You went from Bethel to Bethel? Right.
0: Wow. (laughs) Bethany. Oh Bethany, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. That's an important Bethel distinction. Bethany to Yeah. The yeah. community to Bible. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's a B in there at least. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> the Bible's a good thing to have in your name. It is, yeah. A right. Good thing. For sure.
2: Yeah. Sorry, no, I think you were ready How long, long are you going to be yeah. there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh heading up tomorrow, uh, got a 5:30 a.m. flight, which means I have to leave the house at 3:30 to be there by 4:30 to fly out at 5:30 and uh, landing uh, about midnight on Monday. Okay. So Friday to Monday.
0: Okay. Oh, not, not from... I thought you were... That's yeah. a long flight. When you yeah. get back here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here will be Monday. It's going to be a short
1: trip, but still. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, short trip, but it might have you know a day to go see yeah. some sites or whatever. I don't know.
2: You should drive down to Denali Park. Yeah. Is it close? It's like two hours. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. a beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. Beautiful. You can drive in a certain amount because it's a national park, but you can still drive in on your own about 15, 20 miles, and sometimes you'll see all kinds of animals, yeah. bears and moose and... Nice. Hmm wolves and yeah it's crazy you're just driving along like oh yeah there's a bear david's
0: <laughs> gonna get attacked by a sea otter and
1: right get pummeled by <laughs> just a moose don't get out of the car like some people yeah talk. i'm not gonna like feed the moose or anything <laughs>
0: like that <laughs> I'm <laughs> gonna those back people. of your car
2: to take yeah. him to the, the forestry center you right know, don't do that next
0: week i might be by myself on this podcast <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens we'll hope so. <laughs> yeah. david sea otter chad bear yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's new with jeff
1: since the last time you've been on oh
2: we're just uh Plugging away, kids are home for the summer oh, and nice. working, and church is getting ready for VBS this couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's a busy, it's a busy time. Summers are they're just busy all the way around. It yeah. feels like you know, yeah. lots of people just trying to enjoy the enjoy the summertime and get to the lakes and get all the stuff outside done they wanted to get done for Projects, the last yeah. six months. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've been. That's doing. what we've been doing. So, built a deck and trying to figure out other things that way so i don't know i just enjoy being outside working and sweating and doing that so
1: yeah if you enjoy that stuff i could probably hook you up with some. i'm things. sure you could yeah. <laughs> i mean at my own house
2: okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's new with brent uh i got nothing chad okay i've already i've already all my, ba- <laughs> all my, all my banter's used up i got nothing
1: the sea otter was all you had in you. Yeah, That's all I can't. I, I can't was. think of anything.
0: That's not a good start. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's I go downhill from there. Talk about yeah. this stuff, but yeah, <laughs> I, I can't think of anything clever or exciting. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: then we'll just move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> today we're, we're talking about gospel-centered community. So uh, we've been doing this nuts and bolts series uh, for the summer, and, and, and my part of it has been uh, uh, four sermons on the church, and we're two two sermons in, and. Uh, this last Sunday, <clears throat> I closed my sermon with a statement, and I actually had a couple of people afterwards come and say, hey, you guys should talk about that on the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and so we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So the statement, let me just read it, and then maybe we can just work, work through it. The statement is this. <clears throat> it says that gospel-centered community is marked by a local fellowship of believers who, because of their union with Christ, have joined together as committed members of one another. Being of the same mind as Christ members live for the good of one another and the glory of God displaying the nature of Jesus for the world to see. So, shall we talk talk through it? Well, if oh. we don't, <laughs> we've kind of <laughs> wasted a pretty that. short podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, Let's pray. <laughs> yeah, why don't you pray? That's a good, always good way yeah. to start. Lord,
2: thanks for this day. Thank you for the chance to be with these brothers and grateful <clears throat> for the privilege that you've given us to uh, be shepherds of your your flock and your bride and we are grateful for that privilege and that responsibility and we ask today as we Lord, just uh unpack what it is to be a gospel-centered community that you would give us wisdom and discernment clarity um that we would all understand what that looks like and what that means in a world that so desperately needs the gospel but lord uh, so desperately needs a, a true and genuine community of believers that live out their faith and and proclaim the gospel to the world by the way they do that. So we just pray that you would lead us and guide us today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Uh, <clears throat> so just right out of the gate, the first statement is gospel-centered community. <clears throat> what does it mean that our community is centered on the gospel? And, and um, maybe just like I was thinking about last night in preparation for this, just like there's all kinds of communities out there. There's all kinds yeah. of places where people find community, um, and, and not even bad places necessarily where people find community but community is always kind of centered on something and so you have you know the car club you know their community right. is centered on you know their affinity for cars <laughs> that, certainly not a bad thing um you know you have the you know the Kiwanis and the rotary clubs you know their community is centered upon you know helping the community <clears throat> and, and doing good things mm-hmm. again not not a bad thing uh, at all and then um but but we're all kind of i guess wired for community whether we know it or not, right? And we find it somewhere centered on something, yeah. And so the thing that makes the church different than all these other kind of clubs that are out mm-hmm. there is that our community is centered on the gospel. What what, what does that look like in the church that, that we're that we're gospel centered? What does it mean?
2: it's at the center of our <laughs> community.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, it's funny because you, you know you would think. If you're a church, that this would be true, but it isn't right. necessarily. Yeah. There's there's a lot of churches out there that that actually meet week to week as more of a social club or um, you know similar to some of those different things you just sure. mentioned, and and so just because you're a church doesn't mean that you're gospel centered necessarily, mm-hmm. right. which is kind of tragic um, to think about. But um, gospel centered just just means that everything that you're doing kind of centers around the person and work of Christ. He's yeah. the He's the the binding. I don't want to say agent, but the, you know, the thing that binds us together, sure. uh, the thing we have in common, the thing we celebrate, you know, you really would have no reason to, to come together apart from him being the common denominator. And so that's kind of the, the meeting point. And then from there, you know, it, it's probably going to manifest itself in different ways, but that's probably as we go down the statement, we will know more, good. but yeah.
2: yeah. Well, I think you said it, I think the next statement talking about being joined together with, you know, yeah. w- with Christ, but also with his people yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the key aspect of it as we center around <clears throat> Christ and the work that he has done on the cross for us and what that means now as we live our lives out in that community that I mean it, it I, I think in my mind it it means that like the gospel is like the it's the focal point it's it's whenever we're together we're living it out but we're also I think proclaiming it as well and <clears throat> helping people to understand what that means you know because sure. I think that when you think about some of those different clubs, they do have something in common, but at the end of the day, it's much different than, than what we have in common through Christ. Right. You know? and, I, and I think it, that you're right. I think that we don't—we're seeing it less and less of churches be, being gospel-centered, even though they may talk about it. I mean, in fact, if you go and read through many church mission statements or whatever, some of them you won't even hear the gospel.
0: Right. Well, and I think one of the telltale signs is <coughs> when you're hanging out as a church. W- w- what is the conversation centered around? And if it's if it's politics or sports mm-hmm. or weather or whatever, you're probably not gospel centered. Sure. Um, when I get around other Christians, that the last thing they want to talk about are are, are the, the the wonderful truths of you know, Jesus and what he's mm-hmm. done for us in the gospel and theology and all these things. Um, you know, if, if they want nothing to do with that, that's just a, a big, right. It's a, you it's know, a tell-tale red, it's a big red flag for yeah. me. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and if you think about, <clears throat> you know,
1: the car club, for example, like I, I've never been a part of a car club, so I'm making an assumption here, but, <clears throat> but I would assume that the car club might not be all that diverse uh, or that, you know, the rotary club might not be all mm-hmm. that diverse. Like those things attract, you know, a certain kind of, people with certain affinities and right. <clears throat> maybe are, you know, kind of similar stations in life, if you will. Mm-hmm. But one of the beauties of the church is that it, it draws people from kind of all walks of life, all corners of life. And there's a diversity in the church uh, because of our mm-hmm. centeredness on the gospel <clears throat> that, that you might not see in, you know, other
0: clubs or other groups or other communities. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a beautiful thing. It's weird when you think yeah. about like a, you've got an underdog, like a, a you know, ex con, drug addict, yeah. you know, somebody who's now come to Christ and they're sitting in a room with the CEO of a, a you know multi million dollar company. Right. And right. they're they're having fellowship um you know because of Christ. Yeah. yeah. they all that that goes on or, you know, we have there's people in our church that it would make no sense for us to be together apart from Jesus. Right. Yeah. And it's it's super evident. Yeah.
2: Well and I think it I think it's important in my mind at least, you know, because I think about that unity and diversity that it— we clarify that in some ways, too, because I think in our world, diversity means, well, multi-ethnic sure. a lot of times. Yeah. But I think what we're saying is exactly what you mentioned, is that you can have people that are diverse in their, their backgrounds, their ethnicity, their cultures they've grown. I mean, all those things can be diverse in that. Yeah. And I think when they are more diverse and all across those mm-hmm. lines, I think it is more a reflection of what we're going to see in heaven you know yeah absolutely. absolutely just all across the board yeah. well shouldn't
0: know? a healthy church look like kind of a, a microcosm of your community yeah right. so whatever's going on in our in our community around us you should have everybody represented in your church right. if, if in order to be a healthy church yeah. we don't have a ton of diversity you know right. racial diversity here no um, but if we did I would hope that that the church would look that way right you yeah you know
1: yeah and, and unfortunately you know to your earlier point Brent that, <clears throat> that churches should be gospel centered but they aren't always, yeah. um, you know, you you can see churches that tend to be kind of not much more than just affinity groups. Right. Um, that, that don't have the diversity that we're talking about and don't necessarily look like, you know, their broader community.
0: Well, even like the, the social justice kind of churches that are yeah. out there right now, they've, they've, they've banded together under the banner of something good. Yeah. Uh, they want, they want to make, you know, the world a better place or, you know, Whatever there, there's, tons of different things that fall into that banner, yeah. mm-hmm. but but again, it doesn't mean that they're gospel centered <laughs> or that right. they're looking to that as the answer. So for us, e- even though we want to do good in the community, we want to do good in the world. You know, we we feed people, we help you know house yeah. people in the winter, all that kind of stuff. The the impetus for all of it is that they would meet Jesus. That's right. the driving force. Right. That's the goal. If that's not the goal, then what are we even doing? You know. Right. right. And so,
1: yeah. So so maybe one of you guys could give just a succinct. Definition of the gospel. What what is the gospel? I know that's a big question. but
2: Yeah, I guess I always think in my mind it helps me to have sort of f- these handles that I kind of grab onto as I sort of talk about the gospel. I think about you know the ones I think about are creation, um, um, God, or creation, the fall, God, restoration. You know, yeah. just sort of that idea that God created us in His image. But through sin, you know Adam and <clears> Eve's <throat> sin sin came into the world, and this separated us from God, but God already had a plan then in that moment to send the seed of the woman that would be Christ, yeah you know who would live and die on the cross for us, be risen from the dead, and ascend into heaven, and then one day we know that everything's going to be restored, made new, you know, and right. so I think that's that's the beauty of the gospel in a very you know simple way, yeah. I think helping people <clears> understand those things. Because um, I, I think there—that's one of the things I think. Even as we think about even like we—we we talk about membership and and when we talk about people about being part of the local body of believers, if we were to ask them what is the gospel, I—I I don't know that <laughs> some of them they just can't articulate it. Right. No, because
0: you know? for for a lot of people, it's God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life or something. <clears throat> right. you yeah, you know, which isn't necessarily wrong, but it doesn't fill in all the details. And so the yeah. gospel to me has to start with, with to some degree, the bad news. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you don't understand your predicament as a sinner mm. who cannot do anything to save themselves or, or to, to solve their situation, um, then the gospel's not really going to, the good news isn't even going to be relevant or yeah. uh, have a place in your life. So to me, the gospel always has to kind of include this idea mm. that, um, I'm broken, I can't fix myself. Uh, I've offended a Holy God. I can't. I can't appease Him. I can't do what's necessary to fix that. So I need a stand, and I need a substitute that's going to come in in my stead and solve that for me. And this is where you know enter our hero Jesus, yeah. who does this for us. Right. And again, by placing our faith in in the, what He came to do, which is the life He lived on our behalf that we couldn't live, His death, His burial, His resurrection, and ascension to the Father, where He now is our intercessor. You, you're placing your faith in that as your solution. Right. You know that's. The yeah, but the gospel, and I
2: think too, it's it's recognizing because I think a lot of times, at least how I grew up, is that the gospel is just about salvation, but it's beyond salvation. It's right. about sanctification as well. You know that what God is doing through the gospel throughout the course of our life until. We he returns right you know?
0: yeah the restoration is the good news and
1: the good news yeah. doesn't end with salvation right
0: yeah. even the restoration piece that you mentioned and the you know the idea of the big story you yeah know, you've got restoration is where it all ends where where God makes all things new and <clears throat> and, and what he you know you, you kind of look at the book ends of mm-hmm. his creation how he how he meant yeah. things to be and 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 then where, yeah. where we end up um, you know in his kingdom where he's ruling and reigning and we're, we're yeah. there forever we get God yeah we get you know peace with God forgiveness of sins an eternal home all of those things are yeah, you know, a huge part of what the gospel is—it's our hope. Yeah, right. And it's because
1: those things are true that you know the, the underdog and the CEO can sit in the same you know, <laughs> row right. together. Right. Because the playing yeah. field is level. No, the we're, ground we're at the cross is in just yeah, the savior, right? Absolutely. Yeah. In the, in the car club, maybe the guy with the nicest car or the most cars wants right. to be president, right? <laughs> it's not. It's uneven ground, right? Yeah. But but the gospel uh, levels the playing field yep. uh, for us all, and that's why we can center a community yeah. around it that is diverse and has people from all walks of life.
2: And I think it's the only way we can do that. Yeah. It's the great equalizer. I think. Well, right it, now. it's
0: interesting because you uh, not to go. <clears throat> Totally sideways on this, but right now you've got this idea of critical race theory and, and the, these ideas that people have to try to to bring justice into society. Yeah. And so you have the oppressors, you have the victims, and, and when you think along these terms, you know you're placing yourself in this one category over here that's mm-hmm. that's that's a, you know a good category, and you're placing other people in this bad category. I love what the cross does because it puts us all in the same bad right. category. We're all in the bad category. <laughs> right? We're all we're all you know the ones that, that mm-hmm. have, have offended God and yeah. need to be rescued. And yeah. so it, it does away with all of that kind of stuff that, you yeah. know, that's going to do more for racial reconciliation, for right. leveling the playing field throughout society if we do truly get the gospel. Yeah.
1: Well, and where, again, not to go down the rabbit hole, but where that thinking falls short of, you know, things like critical theory is that, that there's no redemption. It's no. just that the categories, people change categories. And the cycle continues, right? Right, and and so there's no leveling, there's no right. you know, redemption in it, and mm-hmm. that's where they they fall short. It's yeah, great. and I
2: think the gospel, I think that's the key in all of the issues that we see going on in our society, from transgenderism to critical race theory. Is I think it it's a gospel issue, right? And yeah. so often, yeah. I think even as Christians, we tend to want to focus on the issues, or the outlying issues, is what I think, but yeah. we fail to focus on the core issue, is that is is Christ and who he is, what he's done, right. what it means to follow him. But, you know, we get distracted I think by those other things instead of really focusing that in on it's about the gospel. It's yeah. about who Jesus is. Well yeah, is the and what sim- he's done. the
0: symptoms are going to vary all over the place. Yeah. But it comes down to broken people that, yeah, right. that need to be um, made new, made a new creation. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. And that's that's who we have in Christ. That's why when you come together in a gospel community where everybody understands that that peace, you know, that they're desperate mm-hmm. for a savior. They yeah. they now they have this yeah. salvation in Christ. It's a beautiful community to be a part of because mm-hmm. it truly is family. Yeah. A strong, yeah. I would even say stronger family than blood often is. Yeah, absolutely. Because of what it, you know, what really yeah. is at stake in all of it. Yeah, because
2: yeah, there's a rehearsing of the gospel as we're together. Yeah. not just in our Sunday morning worship services, but right. in our our Bible studies and our community
1: groups and those sacraments. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah? So, so yeah. we have a community that, that's centered on the gospel, right? a gospel that, that equalizes us, um, that, that puts us all as sinners in desperate need of a Savior. And so the statement goes on. It's a gospel-centered community is marked by a local fellowship of believers. And I think this is important because mm-hmm. it, we, we all just, you know, by virtue of our salvation, belong to the universal church. Right. And, and for some people, that, that's good enough. For some people, that's all that they need. They don't see the greater need to be connected locally, um, you know, to a church. Let's talk yeah, about I don't, that I don't, I don't want anybody up in my business, so, <laughs> right. so the, the universal church is fine for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then you got the extremists that might even say, well, like, nature is my church, you know, mm-hmm. or, yeah. or, you know, out on the lake, that's my church, you know, whatever. And it just, it's a misunderstanding of, of the church. But wh- why is it important that, that we include in this statement that it's a local fellowship of believers, not just the universal mm-hmm, church? Why does that matter?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the the only place the gospel can be lived out, and you know, there's there's all kinds of different aspects of that that come with it. There's a love that we find, you know, I mean, John thirteen talks about the fact that they'll know we are Christians by our love for one another, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's there's accountability that comes with that. It means the one another's
1: have to be together somehow, right?
2: right? Yeah, you <laughs> got to be, a, and I and I think you know, I mean, I don't think you can read Hebrews ten, and <clears throat> and miss the reality that the writer of the Hebrews is saying, look, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as yeah. the manner of some is, you know, and talks about the the importance of that. And all the more, he says, as you see the day of the Lord drawing near. But part of what he says in there is that we're to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, yeah. you know, and that, I think, is part of the that idea in the Proverbs of iron sharpening iron, you know, that we, there are times in our lives when we need some some friction, we need people to rub up against us and, and times when we need to be corrected in sure. things that we're thinking or doing, you know? But I think it's also, there's a, a loving aspect of that that comes with with the gospel, because we can't forget what we've been saved from and saved to in that sense, right. you know? So I think there's a... Um, well, I mean, I'll just... I mean, frankly, I think it's when we're not in gospel community locally, I think we're being disobedient. To the
0: well, church. and I yeah. would say putting yourself in danger, even yeah. right. Um, you know, I think you. Sure, uh, it becomes pretty clear if you don't love God's people, if you don't love the people of God, then then something's off. Uh, right. It doesn't mean that you'll get along with everybody or that you'll always no. have this this you know emotional feeling. But yep. um, but when you've been adopted into a family. Um, like the way God has adopted us in yeah. his family. He's given us a seat at his table. He's he's made us real kids yep. with a real inheritance. Yep. You know, that's how you can tell if you're a real kid or not. If you get part of the inheritance, it's right. like right. That, that's that's a big deal. And <laughs> yeah. we do. Yeah. So we're we're co-heirs with Christ, it says in the scriptures. And so mm-hmm. the fact that he's put us place us in his family, and then we don't want to be a part of that family. We want to separate ourselves. You yeah. Know? So when you think about what family is, how you're known mm-hmm. and still loved, yeah. You're you know, there's acceptance, there's forgiveness, there's there's calling each other on, you, you know, your garbage. Yeah. There's all these things that you just talked about that are, that's, this is all what's good for deal, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and it's not a family that's perfect, but it's a family that's being made perfect Yeah. over, you know, that's, that's the goal of this one. And it's a family we're going to be spending eternity with. Right. So right. that may not be true for your blood family. It might. Yeah. Hopefully it is. But this is a family that's going to carry on through eternity. And right. so- You know, might as well get used to the idea now and (laughs) and jump in, you know. (laughs) No,
2: I think it's true. I think because I don't and I don't think that unless somebody's challenging those that are saying, well, I don't need to be a part of a a body of believers, then they don't necessarily know the danger they're in. You know, sort of the idea, I think, of like, you know, the the wolves that surround the sheep and they just they just separate them pick one yeah, off yeah. from each, I mean, they try to get them separated from the flock, and I think that's what the enemy does, by trying to convince people, well, you don't you don't really need the church, sure. you're a Christian, you know, you don't need to go to go to church with other people, because... E- even
0: only going yeah. once a week, and, and having that time of truth, you know, as opposed to what you're getting right. through all throughout the week in the world, I mean, I can't imagine just not being a regular part of a, even more than that, obviously, is, right. is, is the goal, yeah. is, is something that where you're, you're living in community throughout the week, but... But all this garbage that comes flooding in all through the week and the lies that are being told yeah. and what you can so easily buy into, God's good design is that you'd be part of the sure. local church mm-hmm. where yeah. you'd be, doctrine would be protected, you know, all of this yeah. stuff, truth truth tellers in your life is critical. Yep. What,
1: what would you say to people who would make the argument that, like, they've had a bad experience or they've been hurt by the church, maybe even things that have gone horribly wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there are plenty of those stories out there <clears throat> where people have been,
0: um, you know, legitimately hurt by church i just taught on this a little bit ago but i mean that's true of your family as well every sure. one of us has been hurt by our family members and you don't just leave the family you, you work it out because you're family that's what families yeah. do and so if you've been hurt in the church i mean if you've been a christian longer than two weeks you've probably been hurt you know yeah. <laughs> <So> it is, <laughs> right. you're gonna get hurt um but the bottom line is you, you've got to find a way to work through it and reconcile right. that's what god's people yeah. does and there is you know, sometimes it's a misunderstanding, yeah. and it can be cleared up. Sometimes one person's wrong, and that can be—I mean, you know, it, it's yeah. something you've got to work through and figure sure. out. Sure. And that's part of what the church does, too, is that the pastors are there to help reconcile these things and to, mm-hmm. to work through issues. But just abandoning that group and going to the next one down the road or the next one down the road. Right. At some point, you're going to run out of places to go yeah. if you're not committed right. to solving it. So. No.
2: Well, I think it, I think in in part of your statement, you, you were talking about the, the, the idea of unity— And I think that one of the things that I don't think that we've done very well over the course of time, and I think this is true personally and corporately as body of believers, is that I don't know that we've learned to resolve conflict. Mm, Sure. And I think that's part of... Uh, that aspect of unity, but it also is part of being a part of the local body of believers, is that we've got to learn how to resolve conflict because it helps us also to, to develop a, a sense of resilience as well yeah. in, in our lives as as believers and our lives as a corporate body of Christians. I think it's, but I think learning how to do that means. There has to be a willingness to step into it and and be willing to resolve it. You know, so right. often it's, you know, they the art people just sort of practice with the cancel culture is like, okay, that happened here, so sure. I'm out. You yeah. know, I'm not. I'm, and 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 their response is, well, I'm never going back. It's like, yeah. okay, well, if you go to a good a steak restaurant and you have a bad steak. Typically, you don't just abandon all steak restaurants because you love steak, right? You you'll go back to different ones, you know. And so sometimes that is an aspect of it, but I think that's also a challenge as well because sometimes people leave a church with unresolved conflict and yeah. then they just take that somewhere else, right. you know. Yeah, and yeah,
1: we, we don't do conflict well. Like to yeah. your point, we well, do.
2: No. I think we do conflict well. <laughs> well I don't we don't think do conflict resolution. it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm yeah. great at conflict. Yeah. <laughs> that's my gift. Right. I, I think is we, that a spiritual <laughs> gift? In a gospel
0: community, you have to look. To Christ as our example, yeah. and again, um, we create conflict continually in this relationship, mm-hmm. and He doesn't give up, He doesn't forsake us, He right, doesn't. Yeah. You know, He has a reason to divorce us every day, and He doesn't. He right. He He sticks it out with us, and and, and you know, we, finds a way to, to make yeah. it work. Yeah, and we have to be the same as His, you know, as you know, fellow members of His body. Yeah. Sure.
2: And I think as as pastors, we want to be able to invite that. Yeah, we need to be approachable i think sometimes
0: we don't you know i i as much as i'd like to think we're accessible and approachable um you know not many people seem to come to us it seems (laughs) like not as many as i want to and so i don't know what that is i wish i wish i could figure it out you know it's like am i just being more defensive than i realize or what what, why Mm -hmm. why won't more people come and try to solve things right you know why do they just leave yeah Uh, and i think people a lot of people just don't you know i don't like confrontation they don't they don't love those kinds of things and so they'll give you a reason, but right. it's not the but not, reason. Not the real reason. Yeah. So yeah. nothing really ever gets solved. Yeah. But yeah. I wish people yeah. would dig in and really figure this out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
1: We'll come back to union here in a second, but I want to one thing I want to touch upon. So, gospel-centered community is marked by a local fellowship of believers. So, so we have all kinds of people that mm-hmm. participate in the church gatherings, that participate in kind of the function of the church and the life of the church. Um, <clears throat> not everybody's probably a believer, right? Uh, I've got a few people in mind. you going to any names here? <laughs> yeah, got a um, list. <laughs> which, which, you know, we're 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 glad to have unbelievers in our right. midst, and and you have the opportunity to share Christ with, with unbelievers. Um, but but not everybody that, that's sitting in the chairs mm. or the pews is is a committed follower of Christ. Some people are exploring mm. that. Um, some people maybe are just checking off a box for spirituality or whatever. Um, but, but just, you know, not not everybody's a believer who who
0: comes and joins the things that we do. It's nice when you have people who are coming that aren't believers that know they aren't believers. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because because they're, they're there for a reason. They're exploring or whatever. That's great. Right. Uh, what's frustrating to me is that there's a bunch of people that are sitting in the, in the pews week after week that aren't mm-hmm. believers and don't know yeah. that they aren't believers. Right. And as much as you preach the gospel and preach, you know, the need for Christ and, and all this, it's like it just doesn't. It doesn't yeah. seem to get through, and that's the terrifying thing to me is that mm-hmm. that you've got people that still haven't been reconciled to Christ that think they are right in yeah. our midst. I don't, I don't know. I still—that that one bugs me. Yeah. I, it's, I, I mean, it's,
2: it's sort of the—you know, I've heard it referred to as the religious lost. Yeah. You know, they have this idea yeah. that because they do this and this and this, that somehow right. they're believers in Christ, and at the end of the day, it's like you're you're not. How do you—I mean— Obviously, it's the spirit and the word that aw- that awakens them to realize that. Yeah. but I think it's it it is those challenging times when you're like, you know, I the Bible I think does tell us that we're to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You know, so you see that aspect of fruit in people's lives. Um, but I think it's it's also one of those things. I think that's why every week we try to declare the gospel because we right. know yeah. that there are unbelievers in our midst and and those that know it. And those that don't, you know, and trying to help them to understand and see that this is this is what Christ calls us to. And, yeah. you know, think about the spirit convicting of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we... That's why I think we we want to be faithful to proclaim Christ in the gospel every week. Yeah. You know,
0: but hopefully, what you know, as far as an, a non believer who knows they're a non believer coming through your doors, we we don't, as a church, create obstacles mm-hmm. to, to right. you know between them and Jesus, and I, right. I, that's something we have to always be thinking about and be aware of. Um, if somebody wants to come into our doors, and hopefully they feel welcome, um, they're going to hear the God's word preached, and that's probably going to make them feel a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's okay, um, but as far as the testimony, and I think we're going to get into that maybe, but what they see when they come in and see the family of God loving each other, caring for each other, that the the, the testimony and the witness, it tells them that this is different and and they should be able to connect the dots to Jesus is alive. Jesus is real. He's really real. And that's what we want to see when, when, you know, that's why bringing unbelievers into the mix is, you know, a missional opportunity for us. I think we see that in in Acts chapter 2 when when Mm -hmm. the church was born. I mean,
1: you know, we're not told that anybody sat them down and said, okay, here's the things that you need to do now now that the church has come into being. It's these things just kind of happened right? uh, naturally and, and organically. And one of the things that happened is that outsiders were looking in seeing what was going on in the church and
0: mm-hmm. it says people they, they were added to it added to their number daily, daily. daily. Yeah. Right. yeah
1: and then if they had favor with god and with mm-hmm. all the people and, and yeah. churches aren't always going to have favor with all of the people but in this instance um you know outsiders were looking saying, i don't know what's going on over there but i need to go check it out and then pretty soon they're right. a part of it
2: well and i think it's one of that aspect too where i think the gospel should offend them we shouldn't correct right? that's you know, good where right i think it's we want to be a, a place where it where i, mean, I you know, you've heard the phrase the the church should be more like a hospital, you know, where the sick can come and find the, you know, hope and healing and, and yeah. all that that's necessary for that. And I think sometimes in those churches that maybe aren't as welcoming or, or friendly or even kind, I think there's an aspect where it's like the Ephesians church, you know, in, in Revelation where they've forgotten their first love, you know, and it's yeah. and so that love doesn't permeate in their midst, you know. Yeah. And, and so then people that are not believers, maybe don't feel welcome at times, you know. And well, I think sometimes people can bring their own stuff as well, you know, and yeah. and not feel welcome even if nobody does anything else.
0: Yeah. But but if they walk in and immediately, like, <coughs> you know, you don't dress like us, you don't vote like us, you don't, you know. Right. All of these things, you yeah. can just start to pile up. Right. And, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, I can't even get close to Christ because there's <laughs> right. all this stuff yeah. in my way. It, yeah. We definitely want to put those, those barriers up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can't have those barriers in there, which yeah. is a tricky thing because it feels mm-hmm. like people would say, oh, you're just being seeker sensitive and you're not, you know, doesn't mean you have to be, it's not an either-or situation. Right, uh, we yeah. want to make sure people can come to the door, come, th- no, I didn't mean come right. through the door, not just the door, <laughs> CBCs, all, <laughs> churches, and hear the gospel, you know, mm-hmm. and, and actually meet Jesus right? Um, yeah. and, and clear the path for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, we don't want to be an obstacle to that. Yeah.
1: So gospel Center Community is marked by a local fellowship of believers who, because of their union with Christ, have joined together as committed members of one another. So Romans 12 tells us that we're we're members of one another. Mm-hmm. What, what what does that mean?
2: <laughs> I think it's, you know, in Acts 2 where it talks about, you know, how they kind of lived that out, yeah. the breaking a bread, the fellowship, you know.
0: Selling their possessions. Selling their yeah. possessions. I g- g- mean I giving to one another as they had need. Yeah. I think it's
1: yeah.
2: it's it's being involved in each other's lives because of Christ. You know, it's, it's yeah, it, not just yeah. A, a, not just a Sunday morning thing in my mind. It's right. like, how am I, you know, how am I interacting with other believers throughout the course of the week? You know, when I hear about yeah. things going on, am I calling that person say, "Hey, I heard this is happening. Can I pray for you?" Or, "Hey, is there something we can do to help?" Or, you know, th- those sort of things that happening are happening consistently, yeah. regularly. I think as as far as a gospel community is concerned. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, I think it's just well, it's just a Sunday morning thing. That's it. You know? yeah,
0: yeah, you can only you can do a little bit of that on Sunday mornings. Right. You can get small pieces of that, but it's not going to be the same to the same level. No. So, right. so it, it necessitates that you're actually involved in each other's lives to the point where you know if somebody's rejoicing or you know mm-hmm. if somebody's weeping or you know they have this need. Um, and, and when when we see that happen, I think we have a kind of a committed core at our church that are that are doing that already. Right. Yeah, and literally the way that they shepherd each other, love each other, care for each other, it's amazing. Right. Uh, but there's so many. Christians that kind of sit on the outskirts of that and don't ever really plug in for different yeah. reasons, yeah. some of it's accountability some of it's hurt, some of it's you know and whatever, I think being but.
2: in i think in in paying attention to the spirit's promptings you know and and even when you you're walking by somebody and you 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 realize like something's not right, eh, but I'm just going to keep walking yeah. to my seat, you know it's right. like. I'll How pray about for you. let's stop and say, hey, are you doing okay? Yeah. You know, just, yeah. And even if that person says doesn't want to talk about it or they say they're fine so they don't want to ask you more questions, it's still stopping and listening, and they know well, that I, person cared I, enough. Almost to, everybody that
0: comes to church is is still has, has brokenness in their yeah. life yeah. and is hurting. Yeah. And if you don't create an atmosphere where people can be honest about that, um, if you just have to show up and just put on your smile and pretend mm-hmm. like everything's right. okay all the time, you're not really going to have much of a gospel community. A gospel community is going to be a messy yep. yeah. community, a beautiful mess, yeah. but a yeah. mess. And, and that's what because we're all in process of, of being, you know, shaped and formed into the image of yeah. Christ. And it, it's that's, you know, yeah. I almost think there's
2: there's something wrong if it's not a beautiful mess.
1: Sure. You
0: yeah. Right? Like you with that
2: because you're not you're not being real and honest yeah. about the struggles that you have, and so then you're you're creating an atmosphere where you have to you have to pretend to be that yeah when that's actually that's not really what's going on. I call it being from the fine family yeah. right' you're, I'm fine, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine yeah. well, because you're not going to be honest about what's going on and I think there yeah. I think it's important to recognize that there are times when maybe more so as pastors we feel more comfortable sharing our challenges and struggles with with people, but I think there's also that aspect where it's it's a it, Creating a culture where we can just be honest about the struggles that we're having, even if we don't have to give any details, but just to simply say, actually, it was a hard week.
0: If that doesn't start at the top, though, I mean, you know, if if it doesn't, if we don't set that example, it's going to trickle down one um, way or another. Yeah, Yeah, it really, you know, nobody's going to participate if they don't feel like it's a safe place to do it. Right.
1: One of the things I think we feel the need to combat as pastors a lot is just individualism in the church and Mm. consumerism in the church. And and this plays into it. Like we don't get this concept that we belong to one another, members of one another. And we don't get the concept of like the beautiful mess is maybe part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, in
0: his design uh, for the church. Well, I think uh, the fact that we're compared to a body, um, you know, everybody has a part to play. Everybody's an yeah. important part. Uh, if the, if the whole body's not working properly, nothing works well. Mm-hmm. That means the other parts yeah. are doing more and all that kind of stuff. If we if we buy into that idea. Um, one, we have to create that opportunity as leaders. So if we if we make sure we do everything, you know, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. You don't let right. anybody else do anything. Yeah. That's on us. Yeah. And then, it, you know, if, if the other people aren't willing to do their part, you know, the old 80-20 rule, you've got yeah. 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Yeah. But somehow you've got to make sure that people know that they're, you know, welcome to join in sure. and, and have an important part to play. And maybe yeah. don't overcomplicate the parts that need to be played. Sure. Maybe the parts are just... Checking in on people, praying for them, encouraging right. them, you know, inviting them over for dinner—those kinds of. You yeah. Know, we don't. We don't have to. You know, it doesn't mean like you have to get up on a Sunday morning to preach a sermon, right? right. If you want to be a you know a valuable part of the body, yeah. yeah. I mean, so. pastoral care in the church is a team effort. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's not not just for the pastors to right. provide
1: pastoral care. Like every member of the church should provide pastoral care for one another to to some
0: extent. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think if people like on a Sunday morning, if you woke up and thought, because I think most people think. What's, what, what am I going to benefit? You know, how am I going to benefit today when I come to church? But if you walked in just thinking, I want to benefit three people today, somehow, I just want, you know, just, I'm not a goal setter and I don't want to be this legal thing, but, but, you know, I want to pray for somebody. I want to say Mm -hmm. something nice to somebody. I want to encourage somebody, just whatever it is. I want to get somebody a cup of water, whatever. Just think I'm there for somebody else that day. It'll right. change it'll change everything. Yeah. But if if everybody come did that, wow. if you only come <laughs> thinking of yourself, you're you know, well, the music didn't yeah. really do much for me today or the right. sermon was kinda dry today, yeah. or you know, well if it were about you, that would that would probably be right. you know pretty <laughs> that's important. But it's the case <laughs> all the time. <laughs> well,
2: in Ephesians yeah. four, I think you know, is a key to that is equipping God's people for works of service. That's what yeah. we're called to do, you know. Yeah. And I think that's part of what we have to be able to admit is that if we we Aren't seeing people involved in serving, right? We can't blame them, that's that's our responsibility, right. you know. We, it's our have job as pastors
0: to, to equip them, yeah. yeah. Maybe
2: they haven't been equipped, you know, or yeah. maybe they don't know where the best place is for them to serve. Or
0: that is interesting, yeah. though, because the equipping part I think so often we just think more Bible knowledge, more Bible knowledge, right. more Bible knowledge, which is important, but sometimes it's, it's not always it, that, it's, it's acts of service. How do we yeah. how do we mobilize people to serve mm-hmm. one another? Um, and, and you know, we're yeah. we're good at creating programs and then trying to put people on the programs. Sure. <laughs> right. But it's like what there's got to be probably a more natural way to do this. And I think it comes down to more of the when you're just spending time together in homes throughout mm-hmm. the week. You know, when the church gathers, right? It just naturally starts to happen. A need shows up. Somebody's like, "Oh, I can meet that need." Yep. You know, you're. It's just much more yeah. of an organic thing than a programmatic thing. Right. Right.
1: The statement goes on to say that being of the same mind as Christ, members live for the good of one another. So we're, we're committed members of one another. The Bible tells us that we belong mm-hmm. to one another, um, but we should also live for the good of one another. And I think of you know, Philippians 2 where it talks yeah. about being of the same mind of Christ um, to consider others better than yourself. Um, and I think for most of us, if we're honest, like like I'm the best person I know most of the time. Right. right. You know, like most of us, just, we think pretty highly of you ourselves. And, and, and the Bible tells us to consider
0: yeah. others better than ourselves, and that, that's a difficult thing. Yeah, I can do things for the good of me. Yeah. I, re- I don't want to brag, but I'm good at it. Sure. You know, I've got yeah, it down. Right. To you you live for the glory of Brian, <laughs> yeah. just like I live for the yeah. glory of Chad. Right? I can do that all day long, but, yeah. Yeah, but but living for the good of others, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know. I
2: think it's, I, I mean, that that's kind of what I th- I'm trying to think, like if I was to unpack that, for somebody like, I mean, it it sounds great, right? Living for the good of others and the glory of God. But at the end of the day, I think what people are asking is, okay, well, what does that look like? Like, what does that look like for us as pastors on a Sunday morning to look out for the good of others? Or what does it look like for us on a Wednesday evening to look out for the good? I mean, what does that look like practically speaking? You know, and I think it's, I think in my mind it's 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 investing in the lives of people. It's 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 thinking, oh, hey, so and so is having this surgery today. You know, I'm I'm going to call them or I'm going to go see if I can see them at the hospital or you know, I'm and and my my goal, my desire is not so I can look better. It's because I want to care for them. I want to love them. Sure. I want to show them that this is this is beyond just a Sunday morning, you know? So I think those practical applications of it, I think, are important for people to see, like, okay, what does that mean for me to live that out on a, right. on a weekly basis, you know?
0: The challenging part, I think, is so much of this is driven by need and desperation. So in the American church, we haven't necessarily had... A lot of need and desperation. Right. But if you look in places where the church is persecuted, um, the idea that the church needs to come together and actually, you know, consider the mm-hmm. good of others and, and, and live for the glory of God. It's not, it's not a hard choice because there's not much competing with that. Right. Yeah. You know, and right now we have so many things competing for our affections, our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're just not desperate for the body of Christ. Sure. Yeah. Um, that is changing and, and could, continue to change pretty rapidly. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the part that I think when I think about the missing component, um, I don't know. You just, yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't really have a great need to, I'm doing yeah. fine without it. You well, know?
2: yeah. Cause you think about, I mean, like the persecuted church across the world is growing. Yeah. Why? How is that possible? Yeah. Well, cause they recognize their need for one another yep. in the midst of at times severe persecution yeah. in the midst of hiding you know, <laughs> meeting in secret, you know, those yeah. sort of things that we just don't, we don't have in America. Yeah. I think that's going to happen at some point where we're going to recognize we need this body of believers right. because of the the things that we're going to face in our world outside of the church and and I don't but I don't know that that's occurred yet.
1: No, Nothing battles w- individualism and consumerism in the church more than persecution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right? Absolutely. It, it snuffs yeah. those
0: things out. Well, and that's that when it comes down to it it's like okay, well does the benefit outweigh the, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I can see where a lot of people are like, do I want to go to church today or do I want to go do this? I mean, it's, it's, you know, this would be more fun. And right. Yeah. It, it, this is the way we think right now, because there, again, there's no great desperation. Um, yeah. But when that, when that occurs and when we, then we start to really get the benefit of, of what the body of Christ and what the gospel community right. offers. Yeah. Um, it, it becomes something we have to have. Yeah. Right. That's one right. of the things I loved about, this is going to sound bad, but COVID <laughs> um, <laughs> is it, is it you, you saw some desperation. People, yep. sure. you know, a lot of people left the church, but a lot of people ran to the church mm-hmm. um, out of desperation because they, they were desperate for Christ and those right. people. Yeah. And you just saw some a tightening up almost of things, which is yeah. a good thing. Well, yeah. I
1: think when, when individualism goes away and when consumerism goes away, the natural outflow of it is that members live for the good of one another. Mm-hmm. Like they start thinking outside yeah. of themselves. They start to think about, you know, how they can invest, how they can minister into the lives yeah. of
0: others. Well, and you can do it now. You don't have to wait for desperate times. Yeah, that's kind of what I was right. thinking right. about. Like, you, what does you, that mean now? You know, but but again, it, it really comes down to, to believing, mm-hmm. you know, by faith, yeah. the prescription that God has given us. Yeah. By his good design, he's given us this family. And, and you, can, you can, by faith... Yeah, buy in and be a part of it, and be blessed by it. I can't tell you how many times I've had that moment in time where I'm at home, like, do I want to go to the Bible study or do I want to stay home? I don't really want to go, and then I go, and every time I'm glad I went. It was a benefit. It was what I needed. You know what? God knows what He's doing when He when He prescribes these things for us. Yeah, but by faith we have to. Do
1: you ever feel like that on a Sunday morning? When, when, you're when you're preaching, <laughs> right? I don't want <laughs> oh, to don't go today. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on what I'm preaching, yeah. Well, I think it's
2: one of those things too, where I'm just thinking about that. I, I think people sometimes forget that as pastors, we're people. We're Christians. We have sure. some of the same emotions. We have some of the same thoughts. We have some of the same. You know, we have some of the same things that everyday Christians have. That's who who we are. as yeah. Sinners. You know. But I think. Yeah. But I think. Being honest about those things, I think, is helpful for people as well, to know that even as pastors, we don't do this because we're paid. No. We do this because God has called us to right. it. We do this because we love the, the church. We love the, yeah. the body of Christ, you know? And I think it's it's helping people understand that we, too, want to be a part of that fellowship. Like, even right. when I'm away on vacation, I want to go to church somewhere. I hate being gone. You know, right, yeah. it's like, yeah. I, I just enjoy being with other believers. And right. I think I think that's... People have to get to a place where they, they, they value that, they see the need for that, they sure. see the importance of that. And I think when they do, at some point when that persecution happens, when those things yeah. come, they'll then see the value, the benefit even more so at that point in time because right. they're like, okay, we're, we're together in this you know? And well, and praise God,
0: there's a bunch of people that already get it. Right. And, and yeah, I, yeah. you know, I know yeah. that's true in both churches. Um, you know, that we just have this core of people that, that are fully integrated yep. into this. They bought in yeah. Yeah. and uh, they're doing a great job of loving each other and, and yep. doing yeah. this thing. And I just wish more people would do it because the, the, there's such a benefit in it. Yeah. It's really it's, it's the way God's made it to be yeah. and so
1: we're we're yeah. meant to, to kind of carry yeah. one another's burdens, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. in, in that respect. Um yeah. you know, I, I got a note of encouragement this week from some folks in the church and it just was a short simple, you know, mm-hmm. but, but like it just meant a lot that they took a minute to say, "Hey, thinking of you, praying for you." and right. um you know, it, it that was a small thing that, that meant a lot because mm-hmm. I knew that yeah. I was on their mind and yeah. it was super meaningful. Yeah. Amen. Um yeah, so so we live for the good of one another and, and the glory of God and like you know, we, we don't necessarily add to or take away from God's glory. He's, he's glorious and dependent <laughs> of us and, and regardless of thankfully. us. Thankfully. Right? Yeah, thankfully. Uh, but as Christians, there's this aspect where where mm-hmm. we kind of display or reflect the glory of God to the world around us yeah. Uh, in how we live and yeah. how we love one another inside the church. It shows the world something
0: uh, about who God is. Should be a, yeah, a light on a hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that people flock to because they see something different going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know and if we're loving each other the way you already mentioned that verse but Jesus said people are going to know you're the real deal yeah if you if you love each other they're going to know you're my disciples and they're going to yeah. know I'm alive and real if, if they see this and yeah. so it's a great it's a great testimony yeah mm-hmm. so, a, so
1: it says something about who God is yeah. in the way that we yeah. love one another and in, the way, yeah, absolutely. in the way that we care for one another yeah. inside the church because right. there's no reason for it apart from him right exactly no and I think
2: <laughs> as we live that out not perfectly obviously yeah. but I think as we live that out as best we can um, through Christ and the Spirit, I think, I think that is that, that display of the glory of God. Yeah, and I don't know that we always think about that because right. I think we tend to think of ourselves way more so as sinners than as bringing glory to God. Right. You know, but I, but I think about you know just the reality that as we are living as God has called us to live. We we are reflecting the glory of God to others. Yeah, you know, and they, they well, and again, see when you that. when
0: you when you picture the combining of these individuals together, that light becomes so much brighter. Sure, yeah, um, because it, it again, it, just the fact that we're all loving each other and, and this is all right. happening together, it, it's, yep. it's a much more powerful testimony than it is than right. an individual. Yeah, yeah. so the, the glory of God is
1: kind of this kind of abstract mm-hmm. concept yeah. think, to many of us. But um, you know, the, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, you know, asks you know the question, "What's the chief end of man?" and yeah. it's to enjoy, to uh, glorify, glorify, God glorify God and, and enjoy, enjoy Him forever. Yeah. yeah, thanks for saving me on that sure. word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, Piper would, would you know, go with his version of Christian hedonism yeah. to say that, that God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied mm-hmm. in Him. And, and so, you know, when we're kind of firing in all cylinders and finding our, our yeah. identity and our satisfaction in Christ, uh, again, that shows the world something about who He is and what mm-hmm. He's done for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a glory that radiates from that. Yeah. Um, in the homestretch, the last line of this statement says that uh, as we do these things, that we display the nature of Jesus for the world to see. And so these things are most fully uh, shown to us in Christ, mm-hmm. right, and in what yep. he did. Yeah. Talk yeah, about that, that for a second.
0: Well, I think we already kind of touched on it, but it, it, again, people should be able to connect the dots to the fact mm-hmm. that Jesus is alive and that he's really real. He really did what he came to do, and it, yeah. you know, and it worked yeah that's that's you know it's just that's (laughs) it we have we he's alive and he's in our midst Mm -hmm. it's like well that you got to deal with that then yeah And the
2: idea that he's the hero of the story yep ours you know just thinking about we are who we are we do what we do because of christ you know he he's he's the central focus of our lives and so as we live that out it it, there ought to be a reflection of christ to others that they say oh wonder, why, why do you do that? Or why do you, right. how come you don't talk like that? Or why do you, you know, and to be able to say, well, it's because I'm a Christian and yeah. Christ is, is my life. So yeah. that's why, that's who I want to exemplify. That's who I want others to see. You know, I think that, that's, that's the testimony that comes out. It ought to come right. out. Right. You know, and even and I'm the not it's perfectly, of, yeah, but it's...
0: what's the reason for the hope that you have, right? Yeah, you know, and again, that's yeah. again in the context of, of suffering, things aren't going well for you, and yet you yeah. still have a, you still have a hope. You're still yeah. like over there doing this zippity doo dah <laughs> thing. What's right. what's what's that about? <laughs> well, and I know. think
2: that's when it's most absolutely evident. Absolutely, yeah. like, oh wow! You're, which again, the, the opportunity
0: it. for us as a church in this community in the in the culture that we're living in right now that's becoming darker and darker. Yeah, I mean, what a great opportunity we have to band together. Yep. You know, to, to for the glory of God and for the good of one another, and the testimony that's going to bring. You know, I, I just think people are going to get more and more desperate for hope. Yeah, yeah. And if they if they see us as a light on a hill that they can come to, and get it. Yep. You know, yep. I, I'm excited about yeah. what the, the possibilities Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Because the church is it's a mess, but it's a beautiful mess, and yeah. it's yeah. it's his bride, the bride he chose yep. with all of her flaws and imperfections. Yeah. Um. But man, what a, what a what a wonderful thing the church. You know, yeah. I can't. I cannot imagine not being a part of it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, and, he's re- and I think that's the thing is he's redeeming and sanctifying her so that yep. one day, you know, when Beautiful we get great marriage supper of the yep. Lamb, it's like, you know, f- yeah. it's incredible to fathom that. And I think wanting people to be a part of that, you know, I think about that parable where he sends people out to invite him in, and th- these people don't want to come, We'll go to these people, and they don't yeah. want to come. And he, he just keeps going because he wants... He wants people to respond. I mean, God's so patient in his love for us that he's like, I'm continually giving people opportunity to respond before Christ returns. And it's like, you know, I think that's part of being a part of the church. And that's what our our mission is, is to share that good news of the gospel with the community we are in, but I think the community that we also live in. I think that's that's the yep. critical aspect
1: piece to it as you, well. But. You had mentioned earlier kind of a mnemonic device of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. There's another one that's God-man-Christ response. Mm-hmm. You know, God created, mankind sinned, Christ redeemed, and then like it begs a response. Like If all that's yeah. true, it begs a response. Yep. Um, and as we display the nature of Jesus for the world to see, it begs a response mm-hmm. uh, from people to yeah. embrace Christ or to reject Christ. Yep. Um, and that, that's the mission of the church is to display and to declare uh, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ yep. so that people will respond yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. right? So gospel-centered community is marked by a local fellowship of believers who, because of their union with Christ, have joined together as committed members of one another. Being of the same mind of Christ, members live for the good of one another and the glory of God displaying the nature of Jesus for the world to see.
0: Any final thoughts? Amen.
2: Amen. All right. I always tell people get up, get dressed, and get to church. That sounds
0: bossy, man. yeah,
1: and not just Sunday, man. right? <laughs> right. You ain't the boss of me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we like, obviously know that. <laughs> but that's a good note to end on. That Jeff, <laughs> Jeff ain't the boss of us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but go to we church. Right. They called us that. <laughs> hindsight but right. Jesus is <laughs> right. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus is our boss. Yeah. All right. We'll see everybody next week. We're gonna pray. Yeah, go for it. Oh, well, you can just cut us out? <laughs> well, some, sometimes we You're do. You're going to pray. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Brent's going to pray. I want to yeah. pray for you. Jeff prayed at the beginning, so you can, I wanna, you can I wanna pray, pray for, yeah, for yeah, you. pray for in, Chad as he Oh, thank to, you.
0: Yeah. Um, Father, we're grateful for um, who you are um, in light of who we are, Lord. It just is amazing to think that you would... Um, go on a rescue mission to save people like us. We're, we're just in awe of that. We thank you for Christ. We thank you that um, you've built this thing called the church that we get to be a part of. What a privilege it is to be adopted into your family. And we just ask, Lord, that people would value that and see the benefit of it. And uh, even if they've been burned before or hurt before, mm-hmm. that they might um, just come back and and, um, and become a, a functioning member of the church. Um, thank you that um, you are going to restore this family that you've, mm. that you've created into this beautiful thing for all eternity and and for making a way for us to be a part of that. Lord, I pray for uh, Pastor Chad as he gets ready to go to, to Alaska, that you would give him a safe trip and, and just to help him to see amazing things a- along the way. Um, but mostly, Lord, as he gets to go and be a part of his aunt's funeral, we just ask that your um, hand would be upon him, that, that he would be able to proclaim mm. the gospel, the, this thing we've been talking about today. Um, in a glorious way, Lord, and that that it would impact people. And so just be with him, be with his family, and and help him through this time, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: See everybody next time.